This is Blurring the Lines with Adam Bell and Peter Nicolaitis, IT entrepreneurs. Adam and Peter take on the topics of technology, business, life, and the pursuit of happiness and blur them together in the 21st century. Good afternoon, good morning, or good evening, and welcome to the Blurring the Lines podcast, episode number 151. I'm your host, Adam Bell. Joining me as always is my co-host, Peter Nicolaitis. How you doing, Peter? Hola. Hola. You're doing hi. Hi. <laughs> I'm doing pretty well. What did, did you send me a message from Fenway Park last night? I did. What were you doing there? I mean, what happened? I was there? watching the ball game. Uh <laughs> Miraculously enough, the Red Sox came around and turned it around at the end of the game and beat the Yankees, something that almost never happens. Yeah, that's fun. (laughs) It was fun. It was fun. It was a good game. It was uh, exciting. I mean, I'm not a baseball fan. Overall, I'm not much of a spectator sports fan. But, you know, when you have tickets to actually be there at the game, it's it's a different environment, you know, and, it, and it's a very different experience. So it was, it was fun. I had I had fun. So especially seeing the home team win. Oh, that's the cool part. Where were you seated? Uh, in uh, the we had upper row seats and uh, it was a really good vantage. You know, could had a great view of everything. The whole diamond was well, the picture I showed you. You know, you could see that. So. Um, so yeah, it was, it was fun. Um, I had been to Fenway park three times before, uh, once for a game before. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that time it was in the summertime, uh, Ortiz was still, you know, their, their pinch hitter. Mm-hmm. Um, and twice I had to get up once I went and I left to use the restroom. And once I went to get a beverage and both times when I left the Red Sox scored, <laughs> <laughs> Well, superstitious people will tell you, well, you got to go back wherever you were. <laughs> I was told that again. They're like, you should get up and leave again. I was like, okay. Yeah, so, so. <laughs> yeah. so that was fun. That was a fun game to attend. Yep. Yeah. Well, cool. Yeah. It was fun. Uh, I guess you uh, didn't have to stay up too late. Oh, sorry. Your audio just cut out for a second. I guess you didn't have to stay up too late then. Uh, well, the game went on for a while, actually. The mm-hmm. game did go into the like uh i don't remember it was like after 11 i think oh yeah so it, it went on yeah because they went into extra innings so oh. yeah yeah, yeah that's even so. better you got your money's worth there you go <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was saying that too it was like you know uh, it was i don't understand how they call a perfect game is when you know the pitcher pitches nothing but strikeouts i was just like that sounds like the perfectly boring game, if you ask me. Yeah, it's like a <laughs> soccer game. It ends zero to zero. Oh, oh. <laughs> come on, man. <laughs> oh. Oh. Wake me up when somebody scores. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I remember whenever we talk about soccer scores, I always think um, 2012 when um, Brazil versus Germany in the World Cup finals. And, um, you know, the score was like seven to, to one. And the oh, joke wow. was like, oh, Germany must have scored a touchdown. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I, don't, I mean, I'm not a huge soccer fan. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I appreciate it, but I don't, like, yep. seek it. 
I just don't have that kind of time in my life to sit in a bar and watch a soccer game. Um, But in Mexico, uh, it's always going on in the summertime. So while I'm in Mexico, the Mexicans are very enthusiastic about soccer, you know? So, yeah, they're, you know, they were working during the day and they're like, well, we really hope to be at this place for dinner so we can watch the game while this is happening. I'm like, Okay, I didn't know there was a game on, but fine. But we well, there's always a game on. Yeah, yeah, there's always a soccer game on. (laughs) Uh, But one of these bathrooms that I went to had urinals with mini plastic soccer goals in there and a mini ball in there, so you could pee and push the ball into the goal (laughs) in all the urinals that were in the restaurant. I was like, (sighs) that is funny. <laughs> soccer is like they say in in Brazil, you know, soccer is like a religion. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's it's big in like pretty much every country except this one. Yeah. <laughs> so, so. Yeah. Uh, but we get we get it about our football, so. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's quite the same level. I mean, I know yeah. we've got some fanatics, but like this is like I think the I think like Brazil, Mexico, I think they take, you know, f- sports fandom to the next level. Yeah, cuz I'm not going to riot if my team wins or loses. Yep. Yeah, it, bingo. <laughs> Although we've done that. We we've we've done that here. Like yeah. there, there have been riots after a game. I just I just don't understand that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <sighs> Brother. I'm not that invested. So, nope. All right. So I, what else is happening? Um, well, I uh, got my replacement left earbud for my Jabra 65T. If you're watching mm-hmm. the video, you can actually see that. Um, bought one on eBay, found one for $14.95, shipped, nice. ordered it. Uh, the gent sent me another uh, right earbud, not correct, but right hand, right side one. Mm-hmm. And I emailed him back and I said, hi, I ordered a right one. I mean, I ordered a left one. You sent me a right one. How do we resolve this? He's like, sorry, I'll give you a full refund. You don't have to ship it back. Yeah. It's like, all right. Yeah. Forget positive it. feedback. You yeah. know, definitely give a positive feedback. All right, great. So then I ordered another one and got it and it just arrived. And uh, I was able to pair it with the main one and I'm listening to it using it right now. So perfect. Yay. It works. <laughs> Although it has cut out a couple of times, not the left one, the right one has the, your audio has cut out a couple of times. Hmm. I'm not sure if that's something to do with the new pairing, if that's something to do with the Bluetooth receiver I put into that or not. Interesting though, uh, side note, you probably know this, but our listeners may not, that if you have like an old desktop machine that does not have Bluetooth for like nine bucks, you can get a little USB Bluetooth adapter. And that's exactly what I did to Bluetooth enable my desktop. Nice. Yep. And did you put it in the USB 3 port or 2? I did not put it in a USB 3 port. <laughs> Don't think that's necessary for low bandwidth audio. But maybe maybe it is. Maybe that's why it's cutting out like this. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. <clears throat> I mean, USB 1.1 was like, what, 10 megabits per second? I think that yeah, should be enough for stereo audio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope. Ah, what else? What else? What about you got? Well, you, you want to talk about coffee, it seems. Yeah. So I, you know, one of the, I mean, this is just kind of brief, but I was, I was thinking about it. A lot of times I'll go into uh, Starbucks or, or wherever 
And I pretty much get the same coffee because I found what I like. And there's all kinds of other stuff that I don't understand. Um, and, you know, it's like, well, I've been buying coffee for, you know, a really long time. And most myself, I'm like, I don't even know what that means. And so I'm kind of afraid to even try it. And knowing that you ran your own coffee shop, I had some questions. <laughs> I was like, oh, goodness. <laughs> you know, it's funny. So, so now while you were talking, I took the new left one out and put it back in the case and your audio cut out twice while you were speaking just now. Yeah. So I don't think that's, I don't think it's a problem with the new one. No, no. But I did get the fact that you have some questions about coffee. So lay it on me. Okay. So what's, what's espresso? It's coffee, right? Yes. Espresso is coffee. <laughs> simply, simply put, that is a true statement. <laughs> All right. Espresso. I mean, there, you, there's the type of bean, there's the type of roast, and then there's the type of preparation. Okay. So you could, you could differentiate those however you like. Okay. Um, but the most fundamental thing is that espresso technically is brewed and under, uh, I forget how many bars or PSI, but there's a specific range of pressure through which the, you know, the, the uh, water is expressed through mm -hmm. the ground coffee beans, hence mm -hmm. the name espresso. Or if you're an ignorant American, espresso. <laughs> but it's I'd like espresso. an espresso, please. <laughs> exactly. I got that all the time. Espresso. It ain't espresso. It's espresso. It's, it's Italian, huh? It's Italian. Yeah, yeah. Ciao. Ciao. Anyway, um, so I forget the exact number, but uh, essentially that when the hot water is expressed through the beans at a specific uh, PSI that mm -hmm. makes that that's what, you know, constitutes espresso. Okay. And it's a lot less volume too. It's not a big cup of coffee. It's a, one of those little tiny cups. It's usually like an ounce. I've seen like an ounce and a half per shot. Mm -hmm. So it's just a, you know, a couple tablespoons. Yep. Mm -hmm. Cause yep. I remember one time I was uh, out to dinner when I was young and like, Hey, I want coffee after dinner trying to be a sophisticated and I got a espresso and I was like, this is really bitter coffee. Where's my sugar and cream? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, like it's meant to like, when you just get a plain old espresso, you know, you're meant to just like, just pound it, you know, while it's still hot, you just mm -hmm. drink it, you know, drink it up. Um, but anyway, so, so I, I won't, I won't spoil it by going any further, but I'm assuming you have other questions about other types of coffee. Well, and so kind of further on that. So when somebody says, I want a Americano with three shots in it. So, okay. What's that? Okay. So an Americano got the name from when U.S. soldiers were in Italy in World War II. And they were given espresso. And the espresso was too strong for them, so they would add boiling water to water it down, okay. which effectively makes it more like the way we Americans usually drink coffee. Mm -hmm. Hence, the Italians call that American or the Americano. Mm -hmm. So you, they just call it an Americano, but you know it would be they would call it a cafe Americano, mm -hmm. right? So it's American coffee. Over right. here, we just call it an Americano, which is literally just means American. Mm -hmm. 
so if they say that with three shots, you're saying three shots of espresso. So about three ounces of espresso mm -hmm. and then boiling water. Okay. And the ratio, I believe, if I recall correctly, for technically for an Americano, it's two parts water, one part espresso. Okay. I prefer about a 50-50. So I like okay. mine as a strong Americano. Mm -hmm. So that's how I do that. So, okay. And, and, and I did not realize, you know, because I was like looking this up because I, like, I had some questions on that what you just described was mixing these two coffee preparations together to make yep, certain drinks, not just it's, coffee of different grounds or coffee of different strength. Yep. It's preparation actually prepared separately. Exactly. Yeah. And again, Americano is just espresso with water. That's mm -hmm. all there is to it. Now there's other types too. You can do, um, I think it's called a dopio and a ristretto. Um, I think the dopio is the double pull where you just push twice as much water through the espresso. So okay. instead of getting a one ounce shot of espresso, you get a two ounce shot, but it's going to be weaker because you add it through mm -hmm. and it changes the taste. You might say, well, what's the difference between just doing that? And then, you know, adding one ounce of water to it. Mm -hmm. um, it changes the flavor profile and it's usually slightly more bitter. The more water you run through the coffee beans, the more bitter it gets. Huh. So it changes the taste. It's not the exact same um, uh, experience. Okay. Yeah. That, that's uh, I'm looking at a, a coffee chart that I printed out here and I was like, there's all kinds you're, of things that I'd never heard you're of. Quizzing, you're quizzing me, right? <laughs> <laughs> what, what, I mean, looking at a picture doesn't necessarily explain it. <laughs> it, it shows what it looks like though. I'm, yeah. I'm, let me guess. I'm assuming that on your, you have pictures of a cafe latte, a cappuccino, maybe a mm -hmm. macchiato, maybe a flat white. Mm-hmm. There was the espresso and then the dopio, which you said the okay. you know, one ounce is an, it says one ounce espresso and then, there you go. and then two ounce for the, for the dopio. Dopio. Yep. Mm -hmm. And I did, I like, so I like macchiatos, but I had no idea what was in a macchiato. I couldn't tell you the difference between a latte and a macchiato. They're both oh. sweet. <laughs> oh, well, they're both sweet. If you add sugar to them. Now, again, here's where we go in America. You, you know, we call it a latte. All right. If you're in Italy and you order a latte, you'll mm -hmm. get a glass of milk. <laughs> so over there, what you want to do and, you know, and, and pretty much in any other country, you want to order a cafe latte, mm -hmm. which is coffee with milk. Mm -hmm. Now, that's slightly a misnomer because it's more milk than coffee. Mm -hmm. All right. And it's steamed milk. Mm -hmm. So that's where the differences are. So like, and again, I believe the classic ratio of cafe latte is going to be, it's going to have steamed milk, foam and espresso. Yeah. And it's usually, I think they call for like a two to one ratio, but if you go to like Starbucks and stuff around here, it's like 80% milk and, you know, some foam on top and like a shot of espresso. It's really like, you know, it's the Dunkin' Donuts influence. Mm -hmm. Or you're really just getting a, you know, a, a, a slightly coffee infused cup of hot milk. Yeah. I can't wait to get my cup of hot milk after this call now. <laughs> mm, yeah. I want to take a nap after this call too. 
um, cap, a cappuccino, the biggest difference is just it's less milk. It's like a one to one ratio coffee to hot, you know, to steam milk to foam. So then I'm also seeing on here something called a lungo. And it a says lungo. A- so that's the long pour. Yeah. So now that's where I don't remember the difference between that and the dopio. Um, Cause I think I might've just gotten those two confused, but apparently not. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You, you nailed it, but I don't know. That might, I wonder if the ratio is just different. Cause again, that one lungo means long. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, now I'm still, now I'm feeling silly. I need to look, look, look that up again. Um, I thought that's maybe the same as a dopio. Um, but maybe but the, different. maybe the, well, in this little picture that I'm looking at, the dopio is in the little small two ounce glass. Yep. And yep. then the, the lungo is in like a regular coffee cup size, the same as like a regular coffee cup. So maybe it's just a bigger cup of it. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, I don't know. I, I really don't know. Espresso, uh, the, the, the ristretto, the lungo and the dopio. I think they're all pretty darn close. I really don't know. I'm not so, sure. So you like an AeroPress. You've told me about that a number of times. Yes, I do. And I've yet. Which, go ahead. I've yet. Oh, to, okay. I've yeah, yet yeah. to get one, and I've yet to try one. Yep. Um, I, it's not that I'm opposed to one. I just. It just. Yep. I haven't done it. So what is if, it? If if you're at all interested in coffee, and I don't mean like, oh yeah, I put a pot on every day and I leave it, and you know, I drink it over the course of the day, and you know, like if you actually enjoy coffee, if you enjoy going to a coffee shop and savoring a good cup of coffee you're doing yourself a disservice by not at least trying an AeroPress. Mm-hmm. Uh, an AeroPress is technically not an espresso machine, mm-hmm. but it is a handheld contraption made by the inventor of the AeroB, the incredible flying disc. It's a ring Frisbee, uh-huh. right? Those disc Frisbees. So the guy oh, who yeah. made those made the AeroPress. Okay. And it's a self-contained, it costs like 30 bucks. You grind the beans, pour them in, pour the water on top, stir, and then you plunge it down. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of look, it looks kind of like a French press, but it acts like an espresso machine. And you express the water down through the beans into the cup. But technically, it's not an espresso because it does not generate as much pressure. There's not as many PSI as mm-hmm. a legitimate espresso machine. And it usually, you, you can play with the ratios there. Like you're supposed to put like, you know, a couple ounces. So it only makes like a couple ounces per shot. Mm-hmm. And then generally the recipes that they usually call for are like an Americano. So you express some coffee, you know, some coffee into the cup and then top it off with some hot water. Okay. Uh, what I generally do though, is like what I would call the Lungo style is I put in all of the, the grinds and then I fill it up to the top of water. So mm-hmm. I'm doing that extra long pull, you know, with extra mm-hmm. water going down through the beans mm-hmm. as opposed to expressing a little bit and then pouring hot water on top of that. Okay. So what's the difference between uh, the uh, French press and yep. the AeroPress? So with a French press, they're generally made of glass. The AeroPress is made of plastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, the French press, you take coarse grind coffee with an AeroPress, you do a relatively fine grind coffee. 
with a French press, you pour it into this container, which is usually about a pint or two, you know, or a liter in size. They vary in size. Uh, but you pour the coffee grinds into the bottom of that, fill it up with water, stir it, and then let it sit for several minutes. Mm-hmm. And then it has a plunger that you plunge down gently through. And what that does is the coffee bubbles up through the plunger, through the filter, but mm-hmm. all the grinds get left down at the bottom. Right. And then you just pour it out mm-hmm. into, the, into the coffee again, and all the grinds stay in the bottom. So the difference between the AeroPress is all the grinds get caught at the bottom of the AeroPress, which is sitting over your cup. And you just express the coffee down through the grinds oh. and that ends up in your cup. Okay. <laughs> so, so in that case, it's, it's visually and functionally, it's a little more like pour over coffee, mm-hmm. which, which is, but there's no pressure in a pour over coffee, right? You're just yeah. pouring it over. And I still really don't understand the pour over phenomenon. Cause to me, that's kind of like the old Mr. Coffee. You know, the, the kind that were just like, drop the water over the bag and you're done. Like, that's what it looks like to me. I don't know, yeah. man. Yeah. So the way that I do my French press is, I, well, one, I, I'll i take three scoops. So I, I normally make, when I make a regular pot of coffee, which is 12 cups, I put mm-hmm. four scoops of coffee. When Got I it. make French press, I put three scoops of coffee. And I'm only getting okay. two coffee cups out of it. Yep. So obviously it's going to be a lot stronger. So I boil right. the water till it's complete, till it boils and blows steam. Yep. Put all the coffee in there and then I stir it. I mean, I pour it in fast. I pour it in fast yep. because I want it to aerate a little bit. I want it to get air yes. into the water. Yep. Bubble and then up. I let it sit. Well, that I let it, I let it just sit there for. I don't know, maybe two or three minutes, depending on really how anxious I am for the coffee. But I usually let it sit. Mm-hmm. I'll put the the top on it. And then when I feel like it has sat long enough, I will very slowly push down the, the French press to push the grounds to the bottom. Yep. And that's how I make my coffee. Every, does everything that I just did. Nobody's ever told me how to do it. And I never yep. looked up how to do it. That's just how I do it. <laughs> sounds sounds like a perfectly acceptable way to me. All right. In in the long run, if you like the coffee that you're drinking, mm-hmm. you're doing it right. All right. Because I right? that's my- then you're then you're doing it fine. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, I would I would definitely recommend that you grab an AeroPress though and just try it out. Yeah. Because uh, you know it's the way. Uh, so friend of the show Scott Wilsey introduced me to the AeroPress. Mm-hmm. And I had heard of them before, but I had never tried them. And this was after I owned the, uh, you know, the coffee shop. Mm-hmm. So I had been using the little stovetop Mocha, M-O-K-A versions mm-hmm. of an espresso machine. You know, that's like just a little stovetop. It's two components, the top side and the bottom side. The bottom is full of water. You fill it up full of water. And then you grind the coffee into a little filter, which sits into. So you insert that into the bottom side mm-hmm. and then you screw the top side on top. Mm-hmm. And you boil it or put it over, you know, a stovetop, the water expresses up, up through. So it's like an upside down arrow press. Okay. The water bubbles up as it boils up through the coffee and comes up into the top container. So mm-hmm. all the water, the bottom container ends up dry and it comes up on the top and then you just pour the water out. Okay. So again, that's a, another style like, you know, espresso like 
Um, so after I got rid of my coffee shop and my $10,000 espresso machine, that's <laughs> what I was doing. Mm -hmm. I went out to visit Scott and he made the Aer AeroPress coffee for me. Mm -hmm. I ordered one while I was there. And uh, then I was, uh, might have, it was one of the, f maybe soon, it was probably maybe the third time you and I had met in person. Cause my next mm -hmm. flight, I did a, like a horseshoe thing from Oregon. I was flying back down to Nashville mm -hmm. for a, you know, for a producer's club. Um, and then uh, when I got home, there was an AeroPress waiting. Nice. I used it. The next day I used my mocha again. And then for like a solid year, I never went back to the mocha and I was just using the AeroPress. So that says something. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> yep. So, so uh, every now and then, like rarely I will go through phases where I want to try something else. Mm -hmm. like, like if I'm shopping in Marshall's or TJ Maxx and I see a, uh, you know, a French press there, I'm like, yeah, sometimes I just kind of like to get a French press, but mm -hmm. Eh, I, d I don't need any more clutter. I don't need any more things. I'm not, nah, I'm not going to bother. You know, so. Yeah. So. <clears throat> cool. What other questions do you have about cafe? Well, I, uh, I, I did have to look up because I, 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 I didn't know exactly what Irish co or Irish coffee was. I, I knew mm. that it was coffee with whiskey in it. That's about all I knew. And, uh, I had to look up that ratio and, and it, I don't really enjoy Irish coffee all that much. I mean, and it doesn't make much sense to me either. <laughs> <laughs> it depends on the intention. Mm -hmm. You know, if the intention is to get drunk, then, you know, you have Jameson's with a splash of coffee. What's wrong with that? <laughs> now, when I make Irish coffee or what I call Irish coffee, it's coffee mm -hmm. with a shot of Bailey's. Bailey's. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is nowhere near as strong as as um, uh, Jameson. Jameson actual whiskey. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So yeah, because it seems like you know conceptually you've got a stimulant and then you've got a depressant, and you may just have bad tasting coffee and no effect. Bingo. Or <laughs> you might have good tasting coffee. Depends. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It depends. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I've had Irish, I've, I've actually had probably one, maybe two good Irish coffee. I forget where I was. I ordered an Irish coffee somewhere and it was actually tasty. I mean, it was in, it was enjoyable. Yep. And there's lots of others. I'm like, yeah, I would have rather had whiskey or coffee. And, and again, Irish coffee can mean a lot of things, right? Mm -hmm. You know, like, did it have milk? Did it have sugar in it as well? Mm -hmm. Right. You know, cause essentially it's a mixed drink. Right. with coffee stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, it was like when I went to um, Brazil, I remember I had, I ordered a cappuccino in Brazil. A Brazilian cappuccino is like hot chocolate with whipped cream <laughs> and coffee. So what they call a cappuccino is like, it looks like an ice cream sundae. Mm -hmm. that's what you get. Mm -hmm. That's what they call a cappuccino. And I remember I ordered it and uh, my friends who I was with, they're like, Oh, they were like chuckling when I ordered it. And I was like, what? It's cappuccino. What's, you know, what's wrong? I, I, I get this. I'm like, but this isn't what I ordered. They're like, yeah, it is. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> so that was pretty funny. Yeah. Something I saw in there that I actually would like to try now that I know that it exists is an affogato. Affogato, yes. And why do you want to try that? I love ice cream. Yep. Um, 
And I think, so it's espresso, espresso. Yes, thank you. (laughs) Espresso and ice cream. And that sounds really good. I like a root beer float. (laughs) There you go. You know, it's, it's very similar. So Mm -hmm. yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of cool things you can do with coffee. Mm -hmm. So I definitely want to give that a try, but the rest of it, I, uh, I do like, I saw in here a red eye, which is espresso and coffee. Coffee with espresso. Exactly. (laughs) Yep. Coffee and espresso. Uh, Yeah. And that has a bunch of different names I've heard, you know, red eye. uh, I don't even remember others, but other similar, you know, things, you know, and and, uh, I've seen, I think I may have tried once or twice. Um, I have tried, um, um, dirty chai which uh-huh. is like a chai latte with a shot of espresso huh. you know i've tried those before and um those were interesting okay. um but you know it's like you can combine things like coffee and tea mm-hmm. it's just not done all the time but mm-hmm. you can do it yeah so yeah interesting things like that i wish that i liked tea more and i i, I mean i do like tea I just, uh, when I'm drinking a hot beverage like that, I'm really mm-hmm. drinking it. I want something that has caffeine in it and yep. I want something tasty. Yep. If I'm going to drink tea, I want to make sure that it has the same amount of caffeine as the coffee that I want just then. <laughs> You're probably not going to find that because most teas don't have the same amount of coffee. They're usually lagging a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, you could always double up and you know put two tea bags into your cup of tea i don't know if it's going to taste very good though because i think you get to a point of diminishing returns yeah this is the earl gray's black black tea exactly <laughs> earl earl black's tea earl black's tea yeah. earl black earl midnight <laughs> all right so should we move on Yes, sir. I think so. I, I know everything about coffee now. Thank you. Perfect. You can, you can make the same mistake I did and uh, open a coffee shop. <laughs> I think I'm going to live off vicariously through your experience, and I'm not going to have to. Smart man. Smart man. <laughs> All right. Let's get to the main topic. Yes, sir. Motivational interview. Mm-hmm. Or motiv- I take that back. Motivation interview. This is not a motivational interview. The idea is not that we're, this is, we're not going to try to motivate you, dear listener. Here I am, Tony Robbins. I am ready to bump you up. Yes. <laughs> All right. So questions. So this mm-hmm. is part of my final class on my um, pursuit of a degree, my uh, degree in IS. Mm-hmm. And um, I had to interview my manager and I decided I'm not going to interview my manager, quote unquote, I decided to interview a manager. So that's you in this case. That's me. So, uh, and this is being recorded, right? It is. Excellent. Cause I'm going to want to refer to these. So this means I don't have to take notes right now. I can just interview you. Right. So, uh, did you have a chance to read the, uh, the letter I sent you? I did. And I Excellent. even thought about it. Uh, wh- whoa. <laughs> wow. Okay, we are so far ahead of the game. (laughs) All right, then. Well, you, uh, as someone who has owned his own business for some time now, Mm -hmm. uh, you have employees. Mm -hmm. And as we have 
I think I mentioned uh, on a recent podcast, the FOG behavior model, F-O-G-G, mm-hmm. which is behavior equals motivation plus ability plus prompting. Mm-hmm. Right. And exactly, you know, I came across that looking at uh, in terms of like phishing and social engineering, because, mm-hmm. you know, the question is like, why do people click on phishing links? Why do they go along with, um, uh, you know, with, with these things. And it comes down to a model of behavior that uh, I think it's BJ Fogg is a the professor who came up with us. Uh, so your behavior, resulting behavior is a combination of your motivation to do something, your ability to do something and a prompt, a trigger, something that says, Hey, it's time to do this. Right. So on that note, how do you motivate is, you know, the goal of, you know, what we're talking about this in, mm-hmm. in this interview. Um, so first off, let's start. What motivates you in your role as the owner of Sublime Computer Service? Mm-hmm. So I thought about that one and and I tried to, um, I did try to differentiate myself. I'm used to wearing more than one hat. So I did try to answer this question really from two points of view. One as the business owner and then one as the manager of you know the actual manager management role that I take within the company. Okay. So as a business owner, I'm very motivated. I'm more motivated to work hard, work longer hours than anybody else in the company. Nobody works more than me or is motivated more than me because it's my company. So it's not really a fit, you know, to say, so I have to take that hat off Mm-hmm. And I have to just look at it from the manager standpoint of, okay, as a manager, how do I motivate and how am I motivated as a manager to manage people? And so I look at how it, it sounds Pollyanna, but it's, it's not in that I, I'm looking for my people to be happy. And I don't mean just la tra la 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 la. I mean, they work hard. They get paid well enough. I mean, I'm not the highest paying company out there. They, they're challenged to learn and then we're able to quantify that. Okay. And so for me, when my employees are happy and they've gone through, they've, they've exhibited these things, they're being challenged, they enjoy what they're doing, then that motivates me to be a better manager as well as um, make, make the company better for their experience. You know, it's not, I mean, so that, that was what motivates me as a manager. And then when I see that actually happening, it helps me do that better. Then I also start thinking about it. So it sounds like your success, your, your motivation feeds on your success, motivating others. Right. Yeah. Sounds like a nice positive feedback loop. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the goal. I mean, of course, negative things come in and, you know, I have to uh, address them and mm-hmm. deal with them, but I try to stay on the positive side of things because that's where, um, I mean, my company grew last year. We grew mm-hmm. from five employees to 11 now. That's significant. Yeah. Yeah. So it has, uh, and I don't, really like managing 
from a standpoint of, you know, dealing with people's problems and figuring out how to quote unquote motivate them and then track them. That's not, that's not my favorite thing to do. So I expected it to be worse when I had more people, but it's actually gotten better because um, people are able to do more things that make them happy rather than scrambling for their life, trying to get everything done and completely over pressured. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So taking off the pressure, you know, is like you said, it, the positive feet, your positive loop, is a nice thing. The negative loop being the opposite of that really makes everything suck as a manager too. (laughs) So you've sort of touched on this a little bit, but then let's extend this out. So what techniques or methods do you use to motivate people that you're supervising? How do you motivate your employees? Mm -hmm. So I, the way that I, my, I got to step back to my management style and my perspective So my perspective with a group is that I pretend like I'm leading a group of volunteers Um, and, and I've got practice at that leading volunteers to Mexico. They've Mm -hmm. come down there to do a job and they're volunteering. They, they spent their own money to get there. Mm -hmm. They could tell me to pound sand at any point. If I tell them to do something that they don't want to do. Yep. (laughs) So I take that same style back to, that's how I run my business. Okay. Um, because technically all my employees are volunteers. I mean, at will employees, right? Yeah. At will employees, they're smart enough and qualified enough, or I wouldn't have hired them that they could go work for somebody else. They could get another job. They stay with me because they like working with me. They like working with the other people. Yep. So, in order to motivate them, I've got to figure out the ways to challenge them. And, you know, they've, they've got to make a living. So they've got to be paid well enough to stay. Right. Uh, but then they also want to advance. I mean, that's another thing is they, they don't want to just keep doing the same job they're doing. They want to be able to do better jobs, cooler jobs, more challenging jobs. So I've got to then present what could they do within my company? All right. You want to be better. Tell me what you want to do. I mean, tell me how you would like to do that. And then uh, I'll <laughs> tell yeah. me what you want to do and how would you like to get there? Right. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And then, then we work out together how we get to that path because, and then really my people have motivated themselves. Mm-hmm. I just have to, allow them to achieve their goals and, you know, maybe point out some goals or directions that they didn't know that they might want to do and then (laughs) quantify it. And it's funny you mentioned that they have motivated themselves technically uh, given that the root word of motivation is the Latin modem, Mm -hmm. which is to give oneself motion. (laughs) <laughs> so only you can motivate yourself. Yeah. You cannot motivate somebody else. You can stimulate them. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's in the, you know, back in the behavior model, that's the P the prompting, you mm-hmm. know, that's prompting. You can prompt them and what you have to do to make up for a lack of motivation. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. Cause I think sometimes when I, when I hear the question, how do you motivate your people? 
it almost scares me in a, in, it, the initial is like, oh, well, I, I can't motive. I'm not, you know, I'm not inspirational. I'm, you know, there, Bill Clinton was an inspirational speaker, Martin Luther King Jr. inspirational speaker. I don't have that skill. I can't just yep. talk to people and they get on fire and fervor and want to do whatever I've asked them to do just because I've said they should do it. On fire. <laughs> so uh, I, I mean, like I said, that, that word almost scares me. And then I'm like, okay, let's, let's think about this a little bit more, but yeah, I try to come up with how, you know, how can they do this task under their own motivation? I help them. I guide them, you know, I set, you know, I set goals and mm -hmm. I set direct, sometimes I have to tell them what the goal is because that's what our client needs. Um, we don't always like every task that we have to do, <laughs> but they, they like, they like getting to advance. So finding out how we can advance. Opportunities for advancing. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. sounds great. Boy, there's all kinds of things that, uh, I know are lacking from other uh, <laughs> organizations where I've worked. <laughs> Just leave it at that. Um, and then uh, to, to wrap up, what general recommendations would you have for people to yeah, motivate their employees? Like, yeah, like just a regular, per a regular person who's working. Yeah. Is, um, figuring out what, what you would really enjoy. You know, that's the other thing is uh, what would make you happy. And it, I just think about when I was uh, an employee and unhappy, um, I wasn't challenged with what I was doing. Uh, I wasn't really interested in what I was doing. So having, you know, having a desire to do the work as well as, acknowledge I, I liked I don't I'm not a big person who requires recognition but I would like a little bit of recognition a little attaboy every once in a while really helps so somebody seeing and acknowledging that you are doing a job and that you're doing it well and um, you know not necessarily like father or mother approval that you've got to have all the time mm -hmm. but just just positive feedback, a little bit of positive feedback to keep you going. Um, and then, you know, finding a goal that I want to accomplish, okay. whether it's, you know, whatever it is there, you know, depending on what your job is. Um, when I was, when I was advancing in my career of deciding like, Hey, I want to be a system engineer. Well, then I would look at the tasks in front of me and I'd have, oh, I've got all these desktop support that I don't really care about, but I'm going to do it. And while I'm not doing that, I'm going to be studying for this so that I can better manage that. And I can get into these servers that I've been really looking for. So having some sort of eye in the future mm -hmm. as an employee helped motivate me. So and would you then turn that around and ask people like, where do you see yourself going or? or yeah. yeah. That's one of the questions that I ask people when I'm interviewing them. And then I also ask them in my employee reviews, you know, where do you, what do you want to be? I, I phrase it. What do you want to be when you grow up? Yes. <laughs> you know? and, Same. and then, then I can get the feedback of, of where they want to go. And then okay. I also try to, um, speak reality 
Mm-hmm. One of my guys came to me, said he wanted to be a cybersecurity expert. Okay. And I told him, I said, well, um, I've got some disappointing news for you. You can't be a cybersecurity expert alone at my company. And you don't have the experience to be a cybersecurity expert in my company. Mm -hmm. Now you've got some education and you've got the found, you know, foundations of what you need to learn, but you're really going to have to do all these things to get to where you need to be. And if that's really one where you want to be, I don't have a spot for you, but let's work together. I'll train you what I can, and then I'll help you find your next job. I mean, if that's what you're, if that's where you're going to go, let's mm-hmm. have the, uh, let's have that end in mind. Yep. So. I've, I've had to have similar conversations with a um, uh, guy who didn't report to me, but was a former colleague and he was all big on, you know, like always chasing the new shiny thing. And he really wanted to get into pen testing. Yeah. And I was like, that's good. But at this organization, this wasn't paradigm. This is another place where I was, you know, brought in to manage a, t- a team. Mm-hmm. Um, I said, you know, if you look at what's now the CIS 18, but was then the CIS 20, you know, internet uh, critical controls, mm-hmm. uh, pen testing was still coming in at the bottom of the list. Yeah. We're not saying it's not important, but well, you know, cause it's one of the critical things you need to be doing, mm-hmm. but it's not as important as asset management identity and access management, Mm -hmm. vulnerability management, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, like data classification. You know, there's other stuff that's so much more fundamental. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know, at this stage of maturity in this organization, there's just no place for pen testers yet. It would be, you know, like, it's just just not a priority. That's all Mm -hmm. there is to it. You know, there are other priorities. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Cool. Now, did you look at the list of motivational techniques that were supplied? And that was exactly what I was going to bring up if you didn't bring it up. <laughs> I'm curious, do you try any of those or would you say like um, some of what you've, you know, you've touched on, but I don't think you did specifically mm-hmm. use any of these by, by name. Mm-hmm. So one of the top of your list, the gamify and incentivize. Um, I think that that's probably one of the easiest and kind of really one of the most important ones uh, for, well, at least for, for my guys, mm-hmm. uh, not everybody's motivated by that. Um, you know, our friend, Tim Richter, if he has a goal and he's got a thermometer or whatever that's filling up as he completes his goal, <laughs> Yeah, he is going to keep doing whatever that is to complete the goal. And so my guys have a weekly leaderboard and we use bright gauge. And so it's up on the TVs all day long and it shows how many tickets they've received and how many tickets they've closed and also the customer feedback and that kind of thing. And so at the end of the week, Friday afternoon, they start talking about who closed the most tickets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And at the end of the afternoon, uh, you know, they, they'll joke about it and they'll, you know, oh, I did way more than look at Adam. He's only got two tickets at the whole thing, you know, and they, they joke about it. But at the end of the day, I look at the list and I see my three desktop technicians have about the same amount of tickets. You know, so that's from 
you know, we've made it a game, but now I have information as the business owner and manager of who's doing tickets and is my team even, do I have the right people in the right places? These people are completing these tickets. My mm -hmm. desktop support people should be completing more tickets than my system admins. If my system admins are doing more tickets, then level one stuff is coming to them and shouldn't be reaching them. <laughs> right. Yep. So, that's all lack of, you know, lack of prioritization, right? You know? mm -hmm. Yep. So that's kind of how we, we quote unquote gamify that. Okay. All right. And um, the other one that I didn't really think about was motivating individuals rather than the team. That's just truth. I mean, that, that's just truth right there. You can't motivate a team. Yep. And motivate individuals. Yep. And I think people, um, and I've got some, I've got a military guy in my group and, uh, you know, I really identify with military thought processes and my mother was in the army. And so the team aspect is really strong with us, yep. you know, so, but it's not about the team is you've got them. You can only motivate individuals. You can't motivate everybody. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's, that's Tony Robbins there, right? <laughs> yeah. Hey, we're going to close all the tickets, everything. Yeah. Just visualize, yeah. The leaderboard. visualize your name up top. Right. Yeah. Well, and one of my guys, uh, what like one of my guys is he's, he's 14 years in the army and, you know, he, he kind of throws around the, the phrase, you know, one team, one fight, which is pretty cheesy, but it, it's still, effective because you know the guys are really out to help one another if they mm -hmm. get stuck so, so that, yeah. that sounds like a watered down version of the motto of the texas rangers <laughs> what's the texas rangers one one riot one ranger oh one <laughs> there you go <laughs> so, so then, the army needs a whole team huh yeah, yeah. sounds typical <laughs> so, and then then i think that Maxwell, uh, I think he, I think it's Maxwell. He wrote uh, the love languages of, of children and things yep. like that. Well, people grow up, but they still have their love languages. Uh, you know, time spent. Um, quality time. Quality, yeah. So physical contact. Con yada, yada, physical yada. contact, gifts, words of affirmation. Um, yep. So I have to, as a manager, I have to see how, you know, the individuals in my team, how do they best respond um, as far as like, I'm not trying to get more work out of them. I guess at the end of the day, I'm trying to get more work about out of them, but I'm really trying to have them have a positive experience and then they have a better uh, lifestyle, a company lifestyle. So I've got, I've got one of my guys that is completely you know, motivated by gifts. If you send him a gift, then he is, you know, grateful and thankful and just, you know, it, it that's his thing. Mm -hmm. But then I've got other ones. I, that was a great job. Good job. I mean, individually, not, yep. and then some of them want that in front of the group, the individual, they don't necessarily they don't the they don't take advantage of the attaboy by themselves, but an attaboy in front of the group goes a right. long way. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I mean, and that's the difference between 
uh, you know, an expression of gratitude and a public expression or, you know, recognition, mm-hmm. you know, is, is a little bit of, I, I see those as different things. Same, same thing, different venue. Yeah. You know, it's like wanting to be appreciated for what you did. And then like a status bump that you get for being recognized for what you did in front of someone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So cool. Then, yeah, I kind of hit on a lot of the, you know, another one that I, um, I've gotten a lot of positive feedback about being transparent. Uh, like, so we do a company meeting at the end of the year, we go through the numbers. I mean, I, I don't break down employee salaries or anything like that, but there's a big block of what all of the employee salaries are together and what all the expenses are together and, you know, where we're going, what we're doing, the health of the company that really, I've gotten a lot of positive feedback of, we just really appreciate that because we never got that anywhere else. Mm -hmm. And nobody ever shared that with us. That, and that goes along, I think with um, like the idea of, uh, if people are waiting for something or if, if they are given information, then the wait is more tolerable. So mm-hmm. like um, people waiting for trains, if mm-hmm. you know the train is going to be here in eight minutes, fine. If you know it's coming in 23 minutes, okay, not as great, but not knowing and yeah. just sitting around there is not a very comfortable position that people, you know, people just don't like to be in. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Cool. Um, the other thing that I do is I, 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 I clearly state this, that look, I'm not running a, a democracy. We don't all get to vote on what a policy is going to be, but mm-hmm. I would like to hear your feedback because that will help me weigh my decision. Uh, you could argue, well, that it ends up being a democracy, but it, it, if I have to make a veto and override yeah, I will do it because if they can't see it, then they can't see it. But but it's rare that that happens. Right. It's rare that I get the quorum of everybody. And if everybody says, dude, that's a terrible idea that I say, well, we're doing it anyway. You know, <laughs> great. That's going to go perfectly. <laughs> Can what, what could possibly go wrong? Yeah. Our, our most recent one was uh, we were working on, we need, we need to cover after hours and uh-huh. finding out from the team, what would be an acceptable after hours process with you? Um, like I said, it, it wasn't a democracy, but I got a lot of good ideas and a lot of good options and came up with an option that fit. Well, in this case, it ended up fitting everybody, but there was there were also options that I was thinking that would fit most people. Yep. <laughs> so and that's the thing, you know, compromise, right? Compromise is a uh, a, a solution that uh, makes everybody equally unhappy with the uh, answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I try to keep my volunteers happy and keep them wanting to stay. That's that's what I try to do. Happy volunteers. That reminds me of one of my, my favorite teacher's uh, sayings in her uh, yoga class, especially when she puts us into a different, uh, a difficult pose and difficult posture. It's like, remember mm-hmm. you're here voluntarily. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, ma'am. May I have another. <laughs> so, cool. Well, another, 
one last part is that yeah. that the you know I, I mentioned being transparent, but uh, and like you also said, just being part of the bigger picture, knowing the vision of the company, where it's going, what we're doing, and as a team, if they if they like you said, if they know that the train is eight minutes away, they they'll wait for it. Um, and then also, how do we how do we get there? Because we yep. do we do traction, uh, yep. which. I mean, there's scaling up. There's Vern Harness, right? Uh, no, Vern Harness. No, uh, Vern Harness was scaling up. Yeah, he's scaling up. Traction is the other one. Wickman. There you go. Uh, Wick Wickman and another guy. Um, it's an. It's. It doesn't really matter. You know, it's. It's like anything else. Pick the tool that you'll use. <laughs> yeah. And so we're yeah. on a quarterly meeting basis, and and our team gets we we come together as a company and determine. What are the things that are going to move the company forward and what are those rocks and what are those tasks? And we divvy them up and uh, by allowing them to be part of that, they're also able to help direct where the company is going and what their position is within it. Cause mm -hmm. that, that was always a, a, a frustrating thing for me as an employee when I had no say whatsoever in what the company was going to do. Yep. And if I didn't agree with it, then well, I didn't really want to be tough. <laughs> yeah. Well, cool. Uh, on that note, I think I have more than enough to finish my homework assignment. So <laughs> thank you. Um, and I probably will end up just referencing this portion of the podcast. Yeah. I'll just, you know, like I'll just, I'll just reference this right in when I and turn it in as a link along it. And my, if my professor is interested and in, uh, you know, she can review it there. So. Yeah. Get a little cool. We get you a little information on coffee, just in case you wanted to know. Well, I'll, I'll even be nice and give her the starting points. You know, yeah. starting time there. So. <laughs> on that note, uh, and nifty, nifty to close us out. Uh, yeah, so let's do let's do older uh, first. So I bought something called a flip belt. Flip mm -hmm. belt, one word. That's uh, a it's a brand, and uh, they make several products uh, for runners, running belts. And I bought one, uh, I guess it's been a couple months now or so. And it is really nice. Um, the, it's very little jiggling. It goes around your waist and the pouch for the phone is in front and it has several other pouches for other stuff around you know, the back. And it's got a hook for holding your keys to make sure they, you know, you can like pull the keys out of the pouch, unlock something and mm -hmm. they won't go away. Um, it's not the cheapest running belt out there, but it's definitely the best one that I've used. And they even make a type of water bottle that is curved mm -hmm. so that it like fits along the arch of your, your back. So, you know, it's not like this flat thing pressing into it. Nice. So, uh, flip belt, they make a lot of different versions and, uh, you know, like some of them have add-ons for the water bottles. Some of them have an add-on for a light, lots of different things, but uh, I bought not the basic version i forget what it's called it was like a couple of steps up from the bottom of the barrel mm -hmm. and um i really like it so if you're a runner or just walking hiking biking you and you need like a little bit of extra pocket or like if you just like me today like i'm wearing shorts today and if i have my phone and my wallet in the back po pocket because i've lost mm -hmm. a little weight since i bought these short the, these pants they'll start to sag and fall down like they're big enough like they're they're big enough now that if i push i can slide them right off of me <laughs> um using the flip belt that does not happen 
Mm-hmm. So, you know, sometimes it's like, even though you may have a lot of pockets, it's not comfortable to walk with stuff in them for a long time. So right. for that, I recommend the foot belt. I wonder if I could get my pistol in that. Don't think so. <laughs> Don't think so. I think there are other manufacturers who will make uh, things for that, though. They're called holsters. <laughs> so on that note, if unless you're opposed, I'm going to start to wrap us up. Wrap it up, please. All right. So we would love to have your feedback. Take two. We would love to have your feedback, dear listener. So if you want to talk uh, to us, if you would like us to discuss a particular topic, uh, if you have any feedback from this topic that we covered today, you can drop us a line at blurringthelinespodcast.com. If you want to find Adam, he is on uh, the web at sublimecomp.com. That's comp as in comp user uh, he's also on twitter at at sublime comp um me i'm all over the place uh my consultancy is paradigmcc.com my yoga website is yoga with peter.com and my other podcast that i do on a frequent but irregular basis with scott wilsey is friends with beer.com so you can find me all around there and on that note i think it's time to push the big red button. To contact either us or our guests, visit blurringthelinespodcast.com. If you like what you're hearing, do us a solid and subscribe to our podcast and leave us a five-star review in iTunes, Google Play Store, or wherever you found us.